610 Sports Radio, broadcasting live from the Brown and Crouppen Studios. Download the Football and Barbecue Podcast on the 435 Podcast Network. 610 Sports Radio, KCSB Kansas City, WDAF HD2 Kansas City, and Radio.com Sports Station. Welcome in to Arrowhead Pride Radio, presented by Village West Discount Liquors. It's your favorite hour of the week. I am the host, Pete Sweeney, the editor-in-chief of ArrowheadPride.com. Rocco's working on some things behind the glass, and I'm joined by our lead film and draft analyst, Kent Swanson. After the Chiefs defeat the Broncos pretty soundly, we had the post-game sound of Von Miller, a broken and defeated man. Hate to see it. <laughs> As we like to do each and every week, we are going to get into some Chiefs news, let you know what's going on with the injury report, a huge acquisition by the Chiefs this week in Terrell Suggs. But first, let's go back to that game. This is something I like to do. A 23-3 win. Now that it's had a few days to marinate for you, Ken. You've been able to swallow it. You've been able to talk to your fellow nerds. Uh, Craig Stout, who we'll hear from later. Matt Lane. How did you feel about this convincing win for the Chiefs? Uh, it's, I mean, it's about as good as I felt coming out of a game, and that's including the Patriots game. And I know that's weird to say, but I think what you saw is a dominant performance on both sides of the ball. I, the Chiefs came out and they showed some really explosive plays. They uh, offensively looked like they were starting to click a little bit. I think they kind of shut it down as they typically do late in the game. The the second half, they just kind of shut it down and weren't going to show too much. But I think you got to feel good about where this team is heading because Mahomes looked as good as he's ha- as he has in a long time. And the defense continued to, to dominate. And I mean, they gave up less points this time around than they did the first time and we were really encouraged watching them you know play uh, the Broncos on 30 on Thursday night football giving up six points I, across the board just you got to feel great about where this football team is going yeah i i look at this year and you go through it right so you you look at each quarter and mm-hmm. good start at a little bit of an up and down stretch in the middle and now you're starting to come into your own again I think what jumps out to me is for the first time in a long time at the end of a season you're starting to feel really really good Mm -hmm. about the team like there were wins at the beginning right but in the Jacksonville Jaguars game Mahomes hurts his ankle and he doesn't look right the rest of the way and you lose Tyreek Hill you weren't sure when Chris Jones was coming back. You lose Frank Clark for two games. I think seeing that game on Sunday with Tyron Matthew leading an actually really good defensive unit mm-hmm. in the Kansas City Chiefs. Mm-hmm. Special teams not making mistakes. <laughs> Patrick Mahomes finding Tyreek. Travis Kelsey being Mr. Reliable. Back to Patrick Mahomes and the fact that He looked and he had the swagger of the MVP we saw last year. You hadn't seen much of that this year. There's been little moments where you're encouraged and you see the glimpses of the things that made him the MVP last year. But the adversity that he specifically, Patrick Mahomes, has had to face this year, going through a variety of injuries with the high ankle sprain early, 
then you know the dislocated kneecap coming all the way back quickly from that and it, this team the, the Chiefs with Andy Reid have always peaked at the worst times they never look like they're playing their best football late in the season it feels like they might be trending to playing their best when it matters the most and that 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 could ultimately be what pushes this team over the hump finally yeah and i think the the competition in this game mattered as well to just it, it was almost like a state of the chiefs organization right because pre patrick mahomes Alex Smith was there for part of this. The Denver Broncos continue to dominate this division. Dominate, dominate, dominate. Until Peyton Manning uh, finally retires, and then all of a sudden things open up. And you've now beaten the Broncos nine times in a row. And you just look at how demoralized Von Miller was. Look, if you really think back, and if you are a hardcore Chiefs fan, you remember it. Von Mm -hmm. Miller smiling, having fun every game. Uh, Broncos going on the runs, making the playoffs every season. That's where this team is. They are dominating the division. They're a sure bet to win it every time, and that's exactly where you want to be. And this game for against the Broncos or against the Chiefs meant something to the Broncos. Of they, course it did. They were talking a Cortland lot. Sutton. They were energized by Drew Locke. Cortland Sutton was talking about how they were going to shock the AFC West and shake things up in the AFC West. You saw how defeated, like you said, Von Miller was. This game meant something to this football team. And they got obliterated. And it could have been worse. It could have been worse. So you got to feel good about where where the Chiefs are at right now as they build towards January and the outlook of this of this division. They they this they own this division now. It's fun. It, it's it's well deserved for a Chiefs fan base that hadn't seen back to back AFC West titles. Now they got four in a row. I said this on the midday today with Bink, and this is something I'm starting to see, and I just wanted to bring it up for AP Radio as well. You remember, you're a Royals fan too, Kent. In 2015, when these guys start saying 1738 in every interview, Mm -hmm. they start getting on base and motioning towards each other. They're smiling, they're dancing, they're laughing. You saw Patrick Mahomes sliding on Sunday in the snow, and doing a little shimmy shake. You see these guys doing snow angels. Before the game, Demarcus Robinson is throwing snowballs. Mm -hmm. There's genuine fun being had, and it's going to be a fun ride because these guys not only believe in each other, they like each other. And again, as we said, they're playing well at the same time. You're starting to get that 15, take the crown Mm -hmm. type of vibe, I feel. Yeah, and you you got your Ben Zobrist. Hopefully. Potentially. I mean, maybe not the same impact because, I mean, Suggs is a good player, but. I mean that was a that was a significant one, but you got that late energy, that push, that that little that little jolt towards the end that you know helped kind of take you over the top, like the Royals. Hopefully, this is what the you know what Terrell Suggs can do for the Chiefs. Those are our thoughts on the game. Let's get into some Chiefs news. The first thing is first, and that's the injury report. Chiefs playing the Bears on Sunday Night Football just a few days away. Uh, so far, Andrew Wiley was the only player on the fifty-three to not practice today. He's listed with an illness, an ankle, and a shoulder. The third chief now might have the Frank Clark itis. Uh, Damian Williams battled it. He was held out of the game. I don't know if it's the same exact illness, but Wiley supposedly held out because of his, he was ill, still dealing with some injuries. And then Mo Claiborne and Rashad Fenton, they both returned to practice, albeit limited. They've missed the last two games. Damian Williams back in the mix after the sickness. A sickness is no longer listed, so he's still just limited with the rib injury. 
Everyone else was a full participant, including Terrell Suggs. Before we get into that, which we will in a second here, good to see the cornerbacks, I think, back in the mix. Here. Yeah, I mean, anytime you can add a little bit of depth here, they had to bring on Alex Brown from the practice squad to try to provide depth with Rashad Fenton and Morris Claiborne. So you've got that limited participant. Obviously, we're going to need to monitor how Claiborne and Fenton go moving forward, but you definitely want these guys healthy and ready to potentially contribute or provide depth for this football team towards the stretch run. And it looks like these guys are heading the right direction and the Chiefs are winning without them. Six Pro Bowlers also named to the Chiefs, Frank Clark, McCole Hardman, Tyree Kill, Chris Jones, Travis Kelsey, and Patrick Mahomes. Two obvious snubs in Tyron Matthew and Mitch Schwartz. Mitch Schwartz gets snubbed every year, and you can't leave a player in Tyron Matthew who will be a legitimate candidate for Defensive Player of the Year. I'm not saying he's going to win it, but in the mix for that, you can't leave him out of the Pro Bowl. That system needs to be fixed. I don't think there's anything really else to be said about that. I, one thing, though, Tom Pelissario did poll 25 GMs today or yeah. for an article that he released the article today. Uh, Tyron Matthew got one defensive player of the year vote. Well, there you go. I mean, there he's highly regarded. I don't know Ridiculous. how you can, re- you can get him, get rid of him. He's, he's been playing great lately. So that's the injury report. We know about the pro bowlers want to get into Terrell Suggs. We know the story now last week released by the Arizona Cardinals seemed like a mutual thing puts out there that he only wants to go to the Baltimore Ravens. Playoff teams out there, they hear that. They say, what do you mean they're going to the Ravens? What are you talking about? So the Chiefs submit a claim, remembering, okay, Alex Okafor, he's out for the year. He just tore his peck. But so do the Saints and the Seattle Seahawks and the San Francisco 49ers. What does that tell you? This guy can still play. He can still be an asset to the team. Those are three teams with Super Bowl aspirations. And then we're not just talking about, oh, they may be in the mix and could go on and run the playoffs. No, these are teams that could feasibly and almost expectedly will be in the mix there in the NFC. So the Chiefs win sucks because of their Titans loss and the loss to the Titans actually beneficial for Thanks, somebody. Ryan Tannehill. Kent, your initial reaction to hearing Suggs wearing the red and gold? I think this is a as good of an edge player as you are going to be able to to get this late in the season. I think that's the reason that Chiefs fans should be excited about him. You know, what were the options going to be if they weren't able to make a claim on a guy like Terrell Suggs, who has five and a half sacks this season, has not played less than 40 snaps in a game that he's played in the first 13, so he's durable. He's a guy that's good against the run. He's a guy that can disrupt the passer. You weren't going to find anybody like that on the market out there in in free agency. A street free agent wasn't going to provide that same kind of jolt. This is a guy that's won a ring, that's got experience, that's got a lot of experience. I I don't see any downside. I think this could really help this football team, this home stretch, and I think, I think he could make an impact on the field, too. This is this is a fantastic move. You have to be excited if you're a Chiefs fan because this is as good as you were going to get this late in the year. It's a fascinating story, too. I mean, you think about it here. It would almost be equivalent of, like, Tony Gonzalez wanting to rejoin the Chiefs at the end of his career, but he ends up going to New England because they claimed him, and now he might prevent the Chiefs from going on a run. It is a fascinating story. You can imagine that moment in the AFC title game in Baltimore Mm -hmm. where Terrell Suggs keeps Lamar Jackson out of the end zone. It is going to be a huge thing. It's going to be highly talked about. Please don't line up offsides, Terrell. (laughs) That's the the first step to winning (laughs) the hearts uh, of Chiefs fans. And I I liked it, and you kind of touched upon it, Kent. I love the fact that he's won a Super Bowl. I think that matters. Tyron Matthew can talk about it. Frank Clark can talk about it. None of these guys that are in there, Chris Jones, 
None of these guys have actually done it. They have not held a Lombardi trophy over their head. They have not gone through all the rigors of a playoffs and beaten every team in their way. Terrell Suggs can stand up and say that. And you know what? A lot of these leaders of the Chiefs, they're in their mid-20s. Terrell Suggs brings that. He's 37 years old. He was playing in the early 2000s. He brings that toughness that maybe can mean a difference for this team in the postseason. He's been there. He's done that. He's seen everything this league can present you. And in adverse moments, that will happen in the next you know couple weeks. And he said he's happy to be there and, yeah. and, and, and was smiling today. My, I, you can gauge it for yourself. We're going to play Andy Reid talking about Terrell Suggs right after the break. But I just get the feeling that, yeah, it did take one conversation, maybe two conversations. Terrell Suggs had some questions. Think, don't think about it. He's three years below 40. You're going to have right. questions. How, what's Kansas City like? What are you guys doing there? What's the practice schedule like? He doesn't necessarily need the money. Right. You know what I mean? He doesn't. He wants to, to have a chance to win another championship. And now with Patrick Mahomes, he has the perfect opportunity, the perfect chance to say, okay, let's go on a run here and let me leave a champion. You know how hard that's, it is to do that in the NFL, and he's got a golden opportunity. Yeah, and I, w- I would argue, based on some of the recent performances, I, I, I don't know if I, – I, I, know, I know Lamar Jackson, the Ravens, are looking good right now. I, I don't know if they didn't peak a little too early because I think the Chiefs are coming. I think Patrick Mahomes is healthy, and Terrell Suggs could really help provide some pass rush to help this football team get over the hump and, and beat the Ravens in, in the AFC Championship game. Kudos to Andy Reid today because sometimes he can close, he can keep things a little bit closer to his vest. But today he really felt, I thought, genuine about what Terrell Suggs is going to mean to this football team. We'll play that after the break. Craig Stout will also weigh in with some instant analysis on what Suggs could mean for the team. You're listening to Arrowhead Pride Radio presented by Village West Discount Liquors. Arrowhead Pride Radio. Welcome back into Arrowhead Pride Radio. We have you till 7 o'clock, and that's when Dusty Likens takes over, filling in for Picket Night. Until then, we're talking a little bit of the Kansas City Chiefs. Pete Sweeney, Rocco behind the glass, Ken Swanson. We, we are going to talk to our defensive film analyst, Craig Stout, in just a few moments, but we're going to continue with some Terrell Suggs talk and Andy Reid was at the podium today the Chiefs didn't put Terrell Suggs there so it was hard to hear him in the locker room but Andy Reid you could hear loud and clear here were his comments uh, on Terrell Suggs and Reid was first asked about whether or not we could see him as early as this week on Sunday Night Football well we'll we'll kind of play it by ear just see how see how he feels um, as he goes he's he's a straight shooter he's gonna tell you where you know how he feels and where he's at so um and we'll just take it day by day like that. Um, but I would tell you off the tape, um, he still can play and um, loves to play. I mean, he loves to play the game. He's one of those kind of guys. And, um, you know, arguably a future Hall of Famer. So we're, we're glad to have him here. And, uh, um, you know, I've coached him before in the Pro Bowl or coached against him and everything else, but glad he's on glad he's on our team right now. And did you have you had a chance to talk to him about like his excitement level about coming into a spot like this with a really good team late in the year? Yeah, he, he uh he's excited about it. Uh you know, he's just right now he's just kinda of getting his bearings. He just you know, got he had a physical you know, he does all the things that you have to do before you get ready to play. So um he, you know, he did his physical and, and uh 
and then got situated now meetings and here we are so and just to be clear he will practice you said everything so he, he'll yeah. be a full go of practice yeah mm -hmm. what can a guy like that bring a voice into the defense with all his wealth of experience and the defenses he's been on what do you hope he can add as a voice to the defense well i mean you're talking about an experienced guy who's been there and done it you know he's won championships um he's a good person he's, he's been a leader throughout his career he's um you don't last as long in the league if you're you're not a quality player and person so he's he's a that's what that's what he brings to you steve Spagnuolo, how much is he a, a a plug and play option for sunday he can hit, hit the ground running yeah, so he he, he you know he does know the stuff that Spags does. Um, they were together at, at the Ravens, and um, so um, I, I would say plug and play. But there are things he also has to go back and review. And he is a meticulous note taker and studier. I mean, he's very passionate about making sure he knows everything, not only about his play, but how how he goes about his business. So. Um, he was digging in this morning and getting everything down and, and uh, making sure he's got all the ins and outs of the defense. Yeah. And what was you Spags' make a, reaction when you first brought up the idea that he'd be available and that he could potentially bring him? Yeah, so Brett, th this, is, uh, this was Brett's. Uh, so um, uh, Brett stays on top of all that. You guys know that. And he's relentless and fearless that way. So. Um, and he's trying to do what's best for the team, and he checks with everybody. So he made sure he checked with, with Steve, and uh, Steve goes, guy loves football, and he's a great teammate. And that's all Brett needed to hear. So the rest was him you know, making it happen. Andy, from your experience in working with Brett, when you make a move like this, this late in the season, how much does it come to not just the highlights, but the intangibles, setting the edge, the person. How much of that is weighted to the decision before you make sort of a, a claim on a waiver player? You, you got to make sure they still can play. I mean, that's that's important. Um, and then, how do they fit in your locker room? We, we've got a good locker room and, um, and a strong locker room. I mean, the, we have some good, very good leaders on this team. So, how how do they fit into that? And uh, you don't want to bring somebody in that's going to disrupt things and do all that. That's not where you're at right now. So uh, Brett looks at all that, and um, I mean, you know, we're fortunate to have Spags here that knows him, and Tyron knows him. Um, so, and that's uh, that was a plus. Did you or Brett or Spags or Daly or anybody have to do any convincing to him to, to maybe convince him to come here? Uh, I talked to him. Um, he did, you know, he was not familiar with this, so did I tell him about what, what's going on here? And did he, did he want to hear it? Sure, yeah, he wanted to know what was going on. He's a thorough guy. But did I have to put the hammer down on him or anything? No, I didn't do that. He, was, he just he had some questions, and which uh, guys do that have been around, and, and uh, I think he liked what he heard, and he was fired up. So I, it wasn't a recruit, a recruiting type situation. Kansas City Chiefs head coach Andy Reid talking about Terrell Suggs and what the addition means and just how the process worked. You heard him there saying there was a phone conversation, which you understand. I think Suggs being 37 wanted to know the situation in Kansas City. And it didn't take much convincing, but I think it did take at least a little to get him to come. 
the end of the day, I don't think he was going to turn down an opportunity to play with Patrick Mahomes. No, because I think this this situation undoubtedly presents him an opportunity to win a Super Bowl. Like I, I, I compared to anybody, I think you could put it across the landscape. I don't think there's anybody that has a better situation, and I'm putting the Ravens in that mix too. I think the Chiefs are right up there with anybody. The only thing that they have definitively, the Ravens, is a guarantee almost of a home field advantage. Let's bring in our defensive film analyst, Craig Stout, to hear about his thoughts on Terrell Suggs. Craig, what's going on, man? Hey, not much, guys. How are we doing tonight? Pretty good. I talked to Kent a little bit before about his initial reaction when he heard about this move. I'll ask you the same question. When you first heard, okay, Terrell Suggs going to be a member of the Kansas City Chiefs, what was your thought? I was excited. This was a position of need for the Chiefs with Okafor going down. Honestly, you could argue, you know, even before that, with Ogba going down, they needed a little more depth. They were able to find some with Damone Harris, Tano passing notes coming along. But honestly, they needed a veteran presence, a guy that was strong against the run, and a guy that kind of could go out there and have that ability late in January. Basically, no when to turn the switch on, no with, you know, what the offense is going to do to him. Kind of play a more well-rounded game than we've seen of those young guys. They may get there, but they're not there yet. So I was ecstatic, but even before I turned on the film, I was ecstatic that the Chiefs were getting a player that had that sort of translatable ability. Yeah, let's talk about the film because you were so diligent. Craig, being ever the overachiever, goes right to the film. You can catch his article right now. I'm going to read the title of it for you. Terrell Suggs' film review, IQ and experience and power will make an impact on the defense. All good things. What did you see when you turned it on? I expected to see Terrell Suggs a little slower than I was used to, which is the case. That's definitely the case. He's 37. That's not that old, guys. That's really not that old. But it is old in football years. <laughs> and he he's a little slower, doesn't quite have the same agility, doesn't quite have the same bend, but he wins with power still. He is able to bully tackles around the field in a lot of the ways that we've talked about Spagnuolo defensive ends in the past kind of doing. And he wins with his supreme football IQ. He is such a quick you know, identifier of the play. When he sees a tackle fire off a specific way, he knows which gap to attack. He knows where to dip and get himself into the backfield. So while he may not have the same burst and speed that he has in the past, he more than makes up for it in his ability to quickly diagnose and quickly get to where he needs to be to, in order to, you know, some, force some tackles for loss and sacks and things of that nature. I don't think there's anyone maybe in Kansas City who could answer this question better than you can because you watched every snap of the Bob Sutton defense. We, <laughs> in the offseason, knew the Chiefs defense was a, a grand weakness. Now here we are, week 16, two, two days to go. The Chiefs are certainly 100% headed to the postseason. We'll see what seed they are. But you got Frank Clark and Chris Jones. Suddenly, Terrell Suggs. You have Tyron Matthew, Juan Thornhill playing well. The cornerbacks surprisingly playing really well. Did you ever in a million years expect this would be the defense and the look headed into the NFL playoffs? 
I mean, absolutely. We all did, right? There was never any criticism of Steve Spagnuolo at any point Clearly. in this. No, yeah. we, we're, we're all shocked. We're obviously all shocked that they were able to turn it around this quickly. I said before the season that the hope was that they would be a top 15 points per game defense. And they were, they were fluctuating around there for a lot of this year, dip below it a little bit, kind of come back up. They are top 10 right now playing against two, you know, bad offenses coming up, frankly. So they have a chance to really kind of vault themselves even further up. They're, you know, they're way up there in DVOA as well. They're playing really well against the pass. They are getting better against the run, and Terrell Tugs is only going to help with that, you know, particularly in January with some of the teams they're going to see. So this really has been a surprise that it was able to come together as well as it is. But when you watch it on film, you understand why. You saw some of the growing pains and how close they were, but they were finally able to make it click and everybody play together, be on the same page, and that's led to what you've seen the past three or four weeks. Craig, I'm on, I want to circle back to Terrell Suggs a little bit real quick. Uh, Alex Okafor's kind of had an up and down year. Uh, there's been some good moments for him. He just got placed on the IR, obviously. Do you think Terrell Suggs, what you've seen, is an upgrade over Terrell, uh, over Alex Okafor, or is he about the same? Oh, well, the past two weeks, before Alex Okafor got hurt this week and the week before, Alex Okafor was playing like the player that I think we all kind of hoped that he was going to be. Right. He made an impact rushing the passer, and he set a good hard edge. Earlier in the year, he did not. Teams just ran away from Frank Clark and found success at that side of the field, whether that be Okafor, Tano Passigno, Emmanuel Ogba, although Ogba was a little bit better in that regard. So in that regard, Terrell Suggs is better than early season Alex Okafor 100% just for his ability to set that good hard edge and to be able to collapse the pocket with power. Chris Jones and Frank Clark are going to be better players Simply because he's over there, you're not allowing a quarterback the ability to escape out the backside of the pocket. And then the linebackers will be as well because he can set that good hard edge and funnel things back inside to where these slower linebackers can clean up the job a lot better. That is the voice of Craig Stout. You can catch him on Twitter at Barley Hop. You can catch his fine work at ArrowheadPride.com. We call him the Renaissance Man. (laughs) Have a good night. Good night, guys. That's Craig Stout. When we come back, we will get into the other side of the football. It's been pretty Suggs heavy, so we're going to talk about Patrick Mahomes. Kent dove into his film uh, very recently, so he, it's well, while his eyes are fresh, we'll see what he has to say. We're also going to do a live AP mailbag toward the end of the show, so get your questions in on the text line 69306 or mention us at Arrowhead Pride. Arrowhead Pride is presented by Village West Discount Liquors. We'll be right back. Arrowhead Pride Radio. Therese Paler, Tuesdays at 3.30 with The Drive, 610 Sports Radio. Welcome back into Arrowhead Pride Radio, presented by Village West Discount Lakers. You can text us 69306 at 610 Sports KC or at Arrowhead Pride in just a few minutes here. Our final segment, we will do a live Arrowhead Pride mailbag where Kent and I will take your questions, your comments, react live on the air to whatever it is you have in your mind. 
the Chiefs are otherwise. But come on, let's, let's keep it Chiefs, right? <laughs> right, Cam? All the time. Chiefs coming off a big division win over the Denver Broncos and now turn their attention to Sunday when they visit the Chicago Bears. When the schedule came out, we thought this game would mean a lot more than it's going to mean. Bears virtually completely out of the playoffs. The Chiefs have a lot more to play for when it comes to potentially getting that number two seed in the AFC. So we'll be watching. It matters to the Chiefs. And in a sense, too, Trubisky, Mitch Trubisky, he's playing for his job to keep the confidence of Chicago behind him. But first, I want to lock in on Patrick Mahomes. I read something from Pro Football Focus, Kent, regarding Mahomes against Denver, and they said it was the second-best regular season game of his career. And This is in snow, so immediately that catches your attention because you would think that in weather, okay, maybe the quarterback wouldn't play one of the best games of his career. <laughs> Mahomes looked like a little kid. Yeah. Loved the, I'm surprised he didn't have his tongue out licking the snow that was falling like that that to that point of just loved being out there he said mic'd up that he might be a snow game guy he (laughs) said look at me i look like lamar out there that's the closest i'm gonna get patrick have a little more respect for you lamar looks like you at times so um but yeah so when you dug into the film what 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 did you see i i saw one of the better performances I've seen of out of him. And, you know, I think, you know, we were sitting here on the pregame show a little bit worried about the hand and, and how the hand was going to hold Jay Glazer up. came through with that I report. Mean, Jay Glazer is over here terrifying me before, you know, we go on air talking about how his hand's sprained. They're worried he's going to re-injure it. And what does he do? He just goes out and has an exceptional performance, 10 yards per attempt. He's driving the ball all over the field like it's, like he's in a dome. The the weather conditions didn't bother him at all. He was sharp. He was mentally sharp. He was in control of that game. I was so impressed. And honestly, even even I know he I know he threw an interception. I'm not even mad at the interception. <laughs> I thought I thought it was actually a really good play by a, Justin Simmons and a worthy risk. That was a heat check moment too. It may be a little bit, but, I mean, if a lesser safety was driving on the football, I don't even know if he makes a play on it. It's at, at minimum an incompletion, but he was sharp. He was creative. He was moving well. He was moving with confidence. And he was getting the ball out on time, and it was it was a beautiful performance, and that's why you should be optimistic about this team moving forward because if he plays like that, whew. We talked about Mahomes' pocket presence and the confidence in the O-line in previous weeks. Mahomes himself spoke about that today. Yeah, I think just just working on as form and mechanics as far as keeping my knees bent and doing those things and then hitching up and and really throwing it the right way and not just relying on my arm on every single throw to throw a fadeaway up up or whatever it is and really just going through the fundamentals. And uh, that's stuff that I've worked on my entire career and I'm going to try to keep working on it moving forward. Is that something that because you're able to make those other throws, is that why you think you're getting those habits? Yeah, I think it just goes with the season. I mean, as the seasons go on, I mean, they, they are long football seasons and I think as you're your legs get tired and you start relying more on other things that you kind of compensate and do different things that you don't do uh, whenever you're working and training. And so I, I, I just kind of went back and looked at it and then really focused on this last week of just making sure that I was using my legs and doing those things. When you reviewed Sunday's film, did you feel like this was one of the better games you had played maybe all season as far as complete? 
Yeah, I, yeah, I, th I thought I did a good job of just of taking what was there, and then whenever the shots presented presented itself, I, I went with them. Obviously, I, I wanted to be better. I thought I could have done a little bit better in the second half of moving the ball, and then in the red zone, I think it was a big thing of not coming away with touchdowns, and, and, and there was times where I think I missed Tyreek on the shallow, and I kind of went right past him, and then I was late to him. And, and then when you get in, in the red zone, you want to make sure you come out with touchdowns and not field goals. So Pat Mahomes is arguably playing the best football of the season right now, and he's going into Chicago having thrown 23 touchdowns to four interceptions. You have Mitch Trubisky, 17 touchdowns, 10 interceptions. Mahomes is the clear guy, right? I mean, we go back to that draft. The Chicago Bears made a mistake. They're trying to make the best of it. They should have picked Deshaun Watson or Patrick Mahomes. Either or would have been fine. So you enter this game where in Chicago, everybody's talking about it. Everybody's talking about it because it's the elephant in the room. Chicago Bears should have taken one of these guys. Immediately, Matt Nagy, former offensive coordinator for your Kansas City Chiefs, sets the tone. He's asked about Trubisky Mahomes, and he essentially said, we're not going to get into that this week. I, I, don't, I don't get into that. I understand what you're saying, but they have, a, they have a good season going right now. They're playing well. Obviously, I have you know, the utmost respect for Coach Reed. He's taught me everything. I've learned a lot from him. Uh, everybody in that organization, that building, uh, I'm friends with, and um, that, you know, they've, they've helped, me, helped get me to this point. So, um, but at the same time, when we get, you know, when we get rolling, it's, it's – um, uh, it has nothing to do with a one-on-one -on -one battle. It's everything about uh, these two teams. Ken, if you're Matt Nagy, of course <laughs> you don't want it to be about a one-on-one -on -one battle. But that's what football is. Let's be honest here. Everyone right now, and we're going to get into around the nation in, in just a few moments here, talking about Lamar Jackson versus Patrick Mahomes. Football is one-on-one -on -one battles. It's comparisons. Yeah, the players don't think about that, but it's it, it's real. And you have reason to be thinking of Mahomes versus Trubisky this week. Especially at the quarterback position. I mean, these are the engines that drive these things. And so if it's it would be ridiculous not to be using some of these comparisons and looking at some of these things because that's the reality. These two are tied together. Them, These two and Deshaun Watson are tied together forever and negatively for Mitch Trubisky because the other two behind him have been you know, everything you know you could you could possibly want out of a franchise quarterback, and, and Trubisky hasn't. So, I mean, this is going to continue to to kind of hover over this game and the rest of both of these guys' careers. Uh, the Bears made a big mistake, and I'm glad they did. <laughs> you follow the Chiefs. If you report on the Chiefs, the Bears are far enough away from them where you want to be able to root for Matt Nagy. Oh yeah. So you hope that Mitch Trubisky turns it around. But this is clear. I mean, it's not even close. And you look at this game, and that's why it's impossible to pick the Bears. Like, Nagy could have all the information in the world. The Chiefs have Patrick Mahomes with all these weapons around them. And Trubisky, right now, you don't know what you're going to get. Well, you got some, the Chiefs have something to play for. The Bears don't. Uh, I, there's a lot of things going for the Chiefs right now and not much going against or going for the Bears from the quarterback on. Since we can't talk about Mahomes and Trubisky, since that's battles already won, Around the nation, they were talking about Lamar Jackson and Patrick Mahomes this week. We'll see some national takes on the matter. And then we'll get to your questions and your comments. Text us 69306 or hit us on Twitter at Arrowhead Pride. You are listening to Arrowhead Pride Radio presented by Village West Discount Liquors. Arrowhead Pride Radio. Welcome back into Arrowhead Pride Radio wrapping this thing up. Pete Sweeney, Rocco behind the glass, Kent Swanson. 
We're going to get into the topic involving the Chiefs that has made its way around the nation. And as expected, this is the battle of the AFC. Two pro bowlers in Lamar Jackson and Patrick Mahomes and how the playoffs is going to play out. Everyone's ready to see this game. And so everyone is talking about it on a national level. First one to weigh in, Chiefs-Ravens, Patrick Mahomes, Lamar Jackson on ESPN. Michael Vick. I'll reiterate that again. The, the Chiefs beat the Ravens twice. They beat them last year when Lamar was young, fairly get, getting into his groove. But this year they beat him early in the season. And, you know, Patrick Mahomes has got to attack all areas of the field. And I know this was before they got Marcus Peters. But when you got a guy like Patrick Mahomes who can do it all, then every defense, you know, can be put up under the rest. So I think this, they're the biggest threat to the Ravens because the Ravens haven't faced too many quarterbacks like Patrick Mahomes. So I'm eager to see what this matchup is going to look like. It might not be at home for, Can- for Kansas City because that's where both of the wins took place. It'll be on the road. To me, it's getting more and more obvious that the Chiefs are the number one threat for the Ravens. Do you think they're a bigger threat to open it up than even NFC teams right now? I I would have a hard time betting against the Chiefs right now. Maybe maybe the Saints. I mean, the Saints are a pretty good contender there. But yes. I, Patrick Mahomes, when he's on, is going to put you in that football game. You are going to have a very good chance of winning that game. It's going to go down to the wire. And I would have a hard time betting against Patrick Mahomes against anybody. So, yes, I think the Chiefs are the biggest threat. I think the Saints are a pretty big threat, too. A former Chief. A friend of Arrowhead Pride, a brother of the starting right tackles of the Kansas City Chiefs, Mitch Schwartz. Jeff Schwartz was asked about this situation on the herd. Well, their pass defense this year is a big difference. Their pass defense is top five. They're excellent against the pass, which has been different than they have since Andy Reid has really been there. They're the one team that can beat Baltimore, in my opinion, in the AFC because they can score points. We often focus on what Lamar is doing, and he's been great. He'll be the MVP. It's a hard offense to stop. But if you can score points, you put them in an uncomfortable situation. They have not been in a lot this year. They have not been behind in games. They haven't had to keep up with someone else. They blitz a lot. Pat Mahomes is great against the blitz. You have a bunch of guys that can beat man coverage. You know, Hill and Kelsey and and Watkins and Robinson and and Hardman. You're you're so deep in 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 that situation that the Chiefs, I think, are the best option to beat the Ravens. I think they're the only team in the AFC that could put up a lead on the Ravens where you see a game at the beginning of it where maybe the Chiefs can come out, score a touchdown. All of a sudden, as Jeff Schwartz is alluding to there, pass defense steps up. They stop the Ravens either on third down and they kick a field goal, or, you know, John Harbaugh, maybe they stop them on fourth down, and all of a sudden it's 14 nothing, And just like right. that, the game has changed. Yeah, if you can change the script a little bit and force them into a situation where they've got to be more aggressive passing down the field and – I mean, I if, if you want to turn it into a passing competition, Patrick Mahomes is going to run circles around Lamar Jackson, and it's not going to be close. Um, I mean, here's some here's some stats. Someone was tweeting this out earlier. Lamar Jackson has got 30 games under his belt, 4,090 yards passing, 39 touchdowns. Pat Mahomes has played 28 games, two less, 8,647 yards and 71 touchdowns. When it, when you isolate it in a in in the perspective of the passing game, yeah, it's not close. So if the Chiefs can get out into a lead, potentially, I mean, we're talking about this game like it's happening tomorrow, but that's the situation. It, 
the if the Chiefs can get out ahead of a, of a team like the Ravens, it's it's going to be tough for the Ravens to kind of hang with them. It's, it's it's it would be huge. I think our own Ron Cop made a good point this week, where everyone always talks about this potential matchup, and everyone always mentions, well, the Ravens are this different team who's really good now. They're well improved. Well, yeah, so are the Chiefs, right? The pass defense, Tyree Kill being back in the mix, the run defense too. It's obvious. And the Chiefs are oh, the Chiefs are two and zero against Baltimore when when Lamar Jackson's the quarterback. I want to see Lamar Jackson in this offense go through some teams that have seen him twice, because that I mean it, it doesn't seem like the Chiefs have seen the Lamar Jackson twice now. Obviously, the offense is a little bit different last year than it is this year, but they've seen him twice. They beat. Him. Get your questions in right now for a live mailbag, 69306. We're going to have one more around the nation. This one comes again from ESPN. Uh, Dan Orvlosky and Rex Ryan weighing in on this matter. Clearly, this is the biggest threat to the Ravens. They beat them head-to-head earlier in the year. However, the Ravens added two corners, okay, Marcus Peters, and they got Smith back. So I think that gives the uh, the Ravens a uh, an edge. And I think you're going to get bad weather and – we see that the, the Chiefs look great, you know, in that bad weather, but it plays in the hands of the Ravens. I just think they're the best team. There is no way that anyone wants to play the Kansas City Chiefs. Hmm. I, I mean, mean, yes, the, Ra- the, the Chiefs have a defense. This was the question all offseason. I sat here six weeks ago and said, man, Patrick Mahomes is going to have to throw for 450 yards for them. They have a defense. This was a Super Bowl favorite that now has a defense. They're fast on the defensive end. They're getting turnovers on the defensive end. They're confident on the defensive end. This offense is just starting to get healthy. Just start, why would I'm telling you, there's teams in the NFL right now that are trending in the playoffs going, we want no part of the Chiefs. I agree completely. I tweeted that out last week. I, I, I fully on, believe Dan, it. Dan, why are you stealing pitch? content from me? No, I could not agree with Dan Orlowski more there. Nobody in the National Football League wants to play the Kansas City Chiefs if Patrick LeVon Mahomes is healthy. That should terrify people. He's got a defense now. If he starts peaking at the right time, this has been an exhausting season to cover, especially a guy that's had to cover Patrick Mahomes specifically. Right. If he goes on some kind, I would not be stunned if he goes on some kind of legendary tear to remind everybody of how amazing of a quarterback he is with a with a stretch that leads this team to a Super Bowl. Would not be stunned at all based on what I saw just starting last week. They're the team you don't want to see. It's 100% correct. No you doubt You don't want it. to see like Gonzaga used to be before they got a little bit more yeah. well-known or Murray State, you know, one of those teams. That you're like, oh, no, they can, they, you know, mm-hmm. they can beat someone here. All right, we're going to take your questions in a live mailbag. Coming up in just a few minutes, Dusty Likens takes over for Jay Binkley. He does Bink at night. You're not going to want to miss that. Talked to Dusty earlier. He's got some fire takes ready to explode (laughs) out there like a volcano. We're going to start with this. I've been hearing from a lot of analysts that making Lamar throw outside of the hashes is the way to go. What do you think it is? Does that crack the Ravens' offense? Well, I mean, Lamar Jackson missed a couple throws down the sidelines, outside the numbers. Uh, that could have gone for touchdowns. You know, so it, and it might have been a little bit on the receiver, might have been on him, but I think there's probably some validity to it. He's really dominant in the middle of the field, and that's the place where he's going to have a lot of success, and that's where he's been having success with guys like Mark Andrews. I know Lamar and Mahomes are good on the run, but I feel like once you can get that going – consistently like that's still the way to beat quarterbacks like this who are accurate yeah no 100 you know I mean? like, yeah which teams would you like to see the chiefs beat and route to the super bowl trophy uh i would like to not to have a wild card game i'd like them to beat the patriots and then i'd like to like them to beat the ravens 
on the way to the Super Bowl. Yeah, I don't mind not seeing the Patriots so much anymore because Mahomes was able to get that win over Brady. I think it would still be a little bit poetic to see that. I, mean, I don't know if you necessarily want to see the Bills. I, I, I think the Bills are a fun team. Uh, so I don't. If you're the Chiefs, I would avoid that four or five matchup if I was the Chiefs. Yeah, even I, if you can't get the bye, you need to probably try to stay in that three stick, seed. Stick with the the three seed. Yeah. Uh, did Drew Brees close the gap on the MVP voting against Patrick and Lamar with his super, superb twenty nine to thirty passing for the four touchdowns? No, he didn't. He yeah, hasn't Lamar, played long enough, and no, Lamar's running away with this. I'm pretty thing. sure Lamar Jackson as your MVP this year was nails. After yeah. what was that performance? Was it Thursday night football or Monday night football? One of the it was it was recent. Yeah, when, Thursday when, night. He five, played on Thursday night football, and yeah. he just went off. And like uh, Drew Drew Brees won't wind up third in the voting. I brought this in up in the drive earlier today. How hard is it to beat a good team three times in a row, which the Chiefs will have to do with the Ravens three times in two years, potentially? I mean, it's it, it presents its own challenges. Uh, it just, I mean, but I don't think you know. I don't think the Chiefs have fired on all cylinders by by any by any measure the last two times that they've been that they played them either. And let's not let's just ignore last year. Even this year. There's so many new variables involved with this. Uh, you know, th- this team defensively is peaking a, lo- a lot differently. They're playing a lot better, and, and Mahomes is healthy. So uh, it, it, there's different dynamics with that whole thing. I would be more concerned if I was the Ravens than I, would, than I am the Chiefs. One question that sticks with me that I asked Andy Reid this year was ahead of the Patriots game. I said, this is the last team that you may see again. How much do you really show? And he goes, you know, we have a ton of plays. There's yeah. so much variety to this thing. We are not concerned with showing them too much. We can change things. You can change little things, and it changes the whole Oh, he's got a lot of different ways to run the same pat place yeah last question how much intel and advantage on baltimore does suggs actually bring to kc uh probably not as much as you would think i mean there's definitely some things because he does understand wink martindale but at the same time this is also a different football team this year than than what he's seen in previous years so there's some of that but there's there's definitely going to be some levels uh, of insight he's going to be able to provide more so on probably players specifically i think he brings you a solid player and what he brings you is fire Again, I think you get a little bit of that, but the intel thing, I think sometimes even in that season, it can be overblown. Like everyone made a yeah. big deal about Chase Litton going to Jacksonville ahead of. Oh, that really helped him. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Exactly. It didn't really help him at all. I think it's the energy, man. On, I, the, uh, on the field, he's a massive impact, I think. Uh, and it'll, it'll be some of the intangibles. There'll be some on-field stuff that you're going to be happy with, but I think some of the intangibles outside of it with you know the leadership and you know some of that kind of stuff is going to be very valuable. Excited to have Terrell Suggs in Kansas City. He could be the difference of this thing when it comes down to it. He could be the spark plug that really leads the Chiefs. He's that role player that you'll think about years to come if they go and do this. Remember when Terrell Suggs joined at the end and yeah. he was part of that championship team? Got that sack in the Super Bowl on Drew Brees. And in, in a way, sometimes those guys become forever part of that team, forever Chiefs. That'll do it for Arrowhead Pride Radio. Stick around. Dusty Likens is coming after this. Want to thank Rocco, who did a phenomenal job behind the glass. Craig Stout for joining us. Our Around the Nation people, all the texters, the tweeters, the listeners, we appreciate it. For Ken Swanson, my name is Pete Sweeney. The Arrowhead Pride tailgate is this Sunday. I believe we're going on at 520, so we will catch you then. Keep it locked in. 610 Sports Radio, thank you for joining me for Arrowhead Pride Radio, presented by Village West Discount Liquors.